Hi guys, welcome back to Infinite Possibilities, the podcast where we explore the lives of amazing people, their choices, challenges and opportunities. And today I have a very special guest, Elizabeth. Hi, um, I'm a second year medical student at the University of Queensland um, and I'm excited to be talk. here. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for being here, Elizabeth. So how did we meet or did we just meet? Oh. Um, yes, yeah, so we just met uh, maybe, what, five, ten minutes ago. <laughs> um, we were introduced by a mutual friend who's actually been on the podcast previously. Yeah, so shout out to her, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we really want to know how Elizabeth got to where she is today, so we're going to start right from the beginning. So Elizabeth, what kind of child were you like growing up? Um, I was quite uh, energetic. Um, at the start, maybe until eight years old, and then I changed schools and I became very quiet. I think that was just because um, I was in a new environment. Um, but, you know, I was always very arts oriented. Um, so I think it's in interesting that I've gotten to where I am now because like I've, I've got such a huge creative drive behind me, but also like a huge interest in science and how things work. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Best of both worlds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. And tell me more about sort of how did you enjoy school and how did you sort of fit in the school environment? Were you the nerd? You know, were you very sporty? Were you very popular? Maybe. Oh. Um, I'd say I would definitely fit more into the nerd stereotype. <laughs> um, so I, I was very high achieving, I suppose, um, starting. I was a fairly average child, I think, until about grade three or four, um, and then I had a really brilliant teacher in grade four who um, very much encouraged uh, all of her students to to you know realize their potential and explore anything that they wanted to. So she taught us um, lots of art and math and music, and she gave us time during class to explore what we wanted. Um, and I think she was a brilliant um, person in, in, in helping me uh, sort of realize what I was capable of. Um, and from then on, I think I put, I put a lot of work into making sure that I um, was proud of everything that I did. And, um, you know, I learned a lot of discipline. Um, I think discipline was also helped by the fact that I had piano as well. So oh, I play piano. Oh, Yeah, it's a stereotype. Um, <laughs> But I practiced every like every day. Um, but my my teacher in grade four definitely helped um, that. And you know I had a very strong like high achieving mindset. Um, and uh, yeah, there was that. Alongside that, I was also very musically oriented. So obviously because of piano, I um, had a really strong interest in um, creating music, listening to music. Talking about music, and then naturally it was part of the school musical. I was in the um, the band, um, and what I really really enjoyed that piano. Obviously, what did you play piano in the band? <laughs> yeah, keyboard. So, um, oh, that's awesome. You know, the keyboard you can switch sounds and everything, and you know, do the sound effects and yeah. um, that kind of thing. So it might not necessarily sound like a piano, but you know, it, it's a keyboard. Yeah, um, that's yeah. so awesome. Wow, tell me, um, so do you still play piano anymore? I do, yes. Um, I don't, so I was classically trained, um, so I, I did AMEB, but I don't focus on classical music as much as I used to. I um, have actually been leaning a little bit into uh, sort of contemporary wow. jazz-ish, because um, there's an artist I love called Leve, um, and 
I've gotten more into singing as well recently um, in the past year. So I have started playing more accompaniment for my own singing oh, rather that's than so awesome. music. Yeah. Wow, you really sound like the perfect child, right? You know, music, <laughs> academics, everything seems fine. Tell me about the sports front. Just not good. <laughs> uh, I could barely finish an 800 meter sprint, uh, sprint run, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. Definitely something I'm lacking there. Yeah. So were you sort of like a very obedient child growing up? Huh? I would definitely say yes. Obedient, goody two shoes. Yeah. That's, um, Teacher's pet kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I gotta say that's probably right. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. Nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> Asian parents love it. Yeah. Yeah, and then so tell me, what were your sort of favorite subjects, and sort of like what was the before you know having that amazing teacher in like grade four ish, and then the after? Was it suddenly like, oh wow, you know, school is so interesting, or what was your sort of? They probably sort of broke some sort of stereotype about school for you. I think. Um, I never found school to be dull, like I always enjoyed school. Um, to be honest, before that teacher in grade four, I, I don't think I was fully sentient, like I don't think I, I had thoughts. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know what my impression was before her. Um, but I think I always enjoyed, um, I was always very strong at maths and I was also very good at English. So those two, you know, if I'm good at it, I enjoy it. Yeah, um, that's, that's self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> I read a lot, so I think um, that really helped me in English because I was very good at, you know, I had so many examples in my head about um, what words to use and when to use them, and um, I think I, I have a very strong vocabulary, so I really liked the process of creating, like crafting a piece, whether it was like a journalistic thing or a creative writing piece or um, an essay or anything like that. Um, I enjoyed that process. Um, but on the other on the other hand, um, I also really liked maths because it was it was very like there's one answer you know yeah. um, in in high school. I knew I didn't want to pursue maths in, in um, higher education though because I think um, it wasn't something that I would enjoy for the rest of my life. But I think I just enjoyed the process of solving a problem, solving an equation, and knowing that I got the answer right. Um, I'm a very uh, Let's say not perf uh, a little bit perfectionist. I think yeah. it's gotten better now, um, but I very much prefer it when I have definitive answers to things. Um, yeah. So that definitely came through in my enjoyment of maths. Yeah, that's so awesome. It's like you always have like sort of two contradicting sides. One where you're super creative and right, there's no black and white answer. It's just the rainbow, and then you have like oh, you know, just getting that maths and you know, just getting that tick when it's 100% correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And so when you were like in high school and stuff, what was sort of floating through your mind in terms of careers? I think I had a lot of trouble thinking about a potential career because um, as uh, like my, my teacher kind of helped me realize that I had so much potential that like I think I had this overwhelming sense of like, oh, there's so many things I could do. There's so many yeah. things I could enjoy. Um, and you know, I think briefly engineer was in my head because mm. I like problem solving, but, um, I, I mean, this is a little silly, but like, I'm, I was never good at making things out of Lego <laughs> compared to my brother. My brother was always brilliant. Like he would make his own, like, um, 
his own original creations out of Lego and I could never do that. Nothing stayed together and um, I think that kind of put a little thing in my head of going, oh, maybe you wouldn't be good yeah. as an engineer. <laughs> like that's not the okay. only type of engineering but, yeah. um, you know, that Yeah, that but engineering of... just super hands-on so it does sort of, mm. yeah. And I think I sort of gathered that I wasn't, um, like I'm, I'm not, I don't have a problem with hands-on things but I don't think it's, uh, I think I have a very, a much stronger um, ability to think rather than do. do. Um, yeah. Even though doing is part of like everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, so there was that. Um, I think. Lawyer, come on, that's really important. Oh, no. no, I can't do lawyer. No, I was never, ever, ever interested good, good, in Good English, you know. <laughs> um, I know some people made that connection. I'm just like, oh, you're good at reading. Yeah, you like yeah. reading. And I said, reading fiction is very different to reading cases. Um, and uh, I think, you know, again, there's always lots of variety to, to um, different things you can do with law, but. Um, my impression of it was not something that I would enjoy. Um, like I enjoy theoretically thinking about cases and everything, because we study that in medicine as well. Um, we look at ethical cases and discussing whether, um, what things to consider in, in, in different situations with patients and when um, decisions are being made, whether they're being done ethically. Um, I think that's definitely really important for healthcare. Um, and I think it's interesting to read these these cases, um, especially when there's medical malpractice or um, when there seems to be something that has gone wrong. But I don't think I would have enjoyed it from the actual legal perspective of needing to argue these things. Um, so, yeah, I never really considered lawyer. Um, I remember my teachers, uh, the ones who knew I could play piano, they, they <laughs> did sort of expect me to go to the conservatorium, but I never yeah. considered that either um, because while I enjoy it I, and I think like I, I have a good degree of performance, I didn't think I was good enough to pursue yeah. it as a career because, um, you know, Super very, very competitive, very intense and um, I didn't really think that that was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. It's just something that I enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And what did the Asian parents want? Did they push medicine? No, not at all. Actually, my mother ah. didn't want me to do medicine, um, yeah. which I think a lot of people found baffling. Um, but uh, I think my parents have always been very fairly supportive. Um, as long as I did my best with anything that I did, they were quite happy. Oh, that's not Asian at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think, yeah, I, I feel lucky in that regard that I didn't feel any parental pressure. Um, yeah. But I definitely put that pressure on myself. Because uh, when I noticed that I was high achieving, that I always wanted to do more, wanted to be better, wanted to be the best um, at some point. And you know, now I've accepted, you know, in medicine, you're, you're around brilliant people um, and they've all, they're all super smart. So like, it's very hard to be the best in that kind of group. And I'm a lot more at peace that I, I, I recognize I'm not the best. <laughs> Um, at everything, and I think that you know that comes with being older. Um, I just had You're a very not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a very very large ego as a child, so wow. I think um, that's, cool. that's definitely a good thing that I've grown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So pretty much, you sort of did a process of elimination, right? Not going to be a musician, not going to be an engineer, and then no parental pressure, mm. and then 
Medicine just seemed a combination of what you sort of liked? Yeah, medicine, I think it's it's a good um, example of a career where you are problem solving. So, you know, I, I've always enjoyed that. Um, and I always like challenging myself to find um, new things that um, I could, you know, sort of pick apart and figure out why things worked the way they did. And um, I actually didn't take biology in high school, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't think that that would be a problem because, um, you know, you, you eventually will learn what you need. Um, and I was sure, like, at university they would catch us up, and they did, so, you yeah. know, that wasn't a problem. Um, but, yeah, I think medicine was a, a good sort of direction for me to push myself in because it, it is something that's very challenging. Um, we're learning new things all the time, you know, there's still things about the human body that we don't understand. Um, and I think a really big thing is also just you can make a difference to making people feel better when, when they're ill, you know, and that people are in a very vulnerable position when they see you as a healthcare worker. And, um, you know, it's problem solving, but it's also connecting with people. And that's something that, you know, can make a really big difference to your life. Yeah, that's cool. Nice. Also, no, it's really hard to get into medicine. So you were a pretty smart kid to get the <laughs> professional entry. So tell me more about studying and tell me more. Do you think you're sort of the naturally probably, you know, quite gifted in studying or were you one of those people that works super hard or what, is there any study tips to, you know, future doctors? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've got to start off with, I don't think I am the, the epitome of study. Um, so I don't know if you should be taking tips. <laughs> Take um, with a grain of salt. <laughs> but uh, I think one thing that my parents have always told me, I have a very strong memory. So um, oh, that definitely helped. So I do work hard. Um, I, I've had my fair share of late nights, um, <laughs> potentially more because I was a little last minute than, oh, than uh, yeah. needing to work really hard. But, um, you know, I, I, I do put in the, the time, the study. Um, but I think certainly, like, I have a really good way of remembering things and retaining them and, like, sort of connecting concepts together when I've learned a new one. So if I remember something that I learned two years ago that was related, it's very easy for me to sort of um, link them together again and, and that can help um, sort of create like a better picture in my head. Um, and I think that definitely helps with me learning new things. Um, I had a very weird hobby, I guess, when what came with reading was that I would pick up on the Latin and Greek roots of words. Oh, that's so um, awesome. And that's really cool useful in medicine <laughs> because a lot of things in medicine are named after Latin and Greek roots. And so yeah. if you can sort of just pull it apart a little bit, you can figure out what a word means just by knowing the roots. So um, I think, um, oh, what's a good one? So like hypo meaning low. I don't know if anyone watches Chubby Emu, but that's, um, he's a doctor who, who, who presents cases on YouTube, but that's one of his favorite ones that he pulls out. And I, I love that as an example of like, you know, telling people um, how to pull apart a word and figure out what it means. Um, and that's a really important skill in medicine. And I think in a lot of other, um, you know, careers where they, try to trip you up with difficult words. It's very good to know the um, where those words come from. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's, 
that's one that I like. Yeah, because that really deepens your understanding if you understand what the word actually means behind all the fancy letters and... For sure. And I think there's a lot of words where like they've got really interesting origins. So it's like, it's a fun topic to bring up. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like a cool party. Very, very nerdy, but uh, <laughs> I think it, I think it's fun to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you sort of decide that Oh, one day, you know, you're reading a book and you wanted to pull apart the roots? Like, it just happened. Um, I think I, I have, a, I guess, um, pattern recognition was a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, which again, like that's something that's super important in medicine as well. It's like a lot of diagnoses, diagnoses <laughs> that you make are based on seeing something that you've seen before and recognizing yeah. signs that you associate with um, diseases that you've learned about. And um, so I suppose like I had that from a really young age that you know I would see patterns in words and I go, oh, I wonder whether these words are related. And if I look them up, I was like, oh yeah, they come from the same root. And that, that really helps in remembering more words as well. Yeah, that's cool. Tell me more about um, the studying aspect. So how long, like, to get like a really high, you know, grade to be able to get into medicine, what, what was the study routine looking like? Were you doing like 12 hours a day or how Absolutely crazy not. was it? Um, <laughs> hmm. It's been a while now since high school, so yeah. I can't fully remember. Um, I know I was under a lot of stress in grade 12 because I was expecting myself to do well so like I was I had high expectations for myself yeah um definitely had a few late nights um I don't think it's a good thing because I was perfectionist to a point where you know I felt like I hadn't done enough unless I'd stayed up the whole night to finish an assignment yeah. um like con combing through it trying to make sure that the formatting was right trying to make sure that I didn't have spelling errors or anything like that and it just um I think I felt very burned out, honestly, yeah. in grade 12. Um, I got the results I needed, but it definitely came at the expense of like mental health and yeah. um, just sleep, tiredness, you know, that wasn't a good time. Um, so yeah, while I, while I did well, I don't think it's something to aspire <laughs> to. Because um, I think you certainly can do as well as I did without doing that to yourself um, because honestly I think you know a lot of the times these projects that I did like I was staying up until 6am to yeah. to like finish this formatting it's so such like um, it's uh, diminishing returns yeah. at that point where you know do you really need to you know move that image like a millimeter across to yeah. to fix something um, but yeah no I didn't I don't think I spent like set blocks of time to study but maybe that was the problem because um, I think if I do that I, I'm more likely to do that now like again I still don't have like a super structured study day but um, I'm more likely to sort of go okay between you know 2 and 4 p.m. I will try and focus on um, it's a deep work time huh? yeah like I would put my phone away and um, <laughs> no one can reach Elizabeth till 4 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> some days um, and try and focus on what I need to do. Whereas like in high school, I just flowed. Um, and I, I watched a lot of TV shows. Like I, I had the problem with the reward thing. I would do the reward first and then yeah. do my study. Um, but yeah, trying to shift that um, and have, you know, respect your time, honestly, I think is a little bit, it's better for your mental health. You end up yeah. with more focused study. Like you don't have music going on and a TV show in the background and like that's, it's not, as good for like retention and 
like feeling like you've done something than if you have a, a deeper sort of intense study session, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. We will go back later to talking about how you study now and how you bounce on your commitments. But before that, I want to talk more about how you got into fashion and makeup and TikTok and that self-esteem of skyrocketing. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Well, I think around... I think it's a period between 2019 and 2020. So in 2019, I actually went on exchange to London, um, semester two study. Um, it was right before COVID, which was yeah. really lucky. I feel incredibly, um, yeah, incredibly lucky that I was able to have that experience. Um, but I think London has a much better fashion scene than Brisbane, <laughs> I gotta say. Um, but I really enjoyed my time there. And I don't think I fully understood how much like because I focused more on the study and like the cultural experiences that I had in, yeah. in London. I really loved the musical theatre in oh, London. Um, but um, I think when I came back home for 2020 and then COVID happened and then it, we were locked down and yeah. um, staying inside for so long, I think I realised, you know, um, there was there was a good, huge impact of, of seeing the um, different ways that people dressed in London. And then I would think about how I dressed and, you know, because I became a lot more chronically online in 2020, given that there was nothing else to do. Um, yeah. Study? Who needs to study? I'll be on yeah. my phone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I started pulling apart what I liked and what I didn't like on other people and what I had in my wardrobe. And um, it was just a way to occupy my time, really, because we were stuck at home. Um, then I got Depop. Uh, and I started buying clothes. Uh, my mom was a little concerned. She's like, "Why is there a new parcel for you every week?" And I'm like, "Dad, I'm, <laughs> I am reorganizing my my aesthetic uh, yeah. <laughs> because that I think that year was the first time I started buying clothes for myself properly. Because yeah. um, like I'd, I'd buy the odd item here and there, but the majority of my wardrobe was actually been curated by my mother, who yeah, I um, <laughs> bless her doesn't really have the best fashion sense." <laughs> You know, she she dresses for the world, but um, not in the way I would like. So yeah. um, that was when I, you know, started buying more skirts that I liked, um, identifying like what cuts I preferred, sort of looking at my body and what flattered me, what didn't flatter me. And it, like it took a while, um, but I felt like you know. Um, I was starting to gain more self-confidence when I was dressing the way that I wanted to and I was presenting myself the way I wanted to. Um, and I think one thing that I realized through that whole process is like getting ready for the day really makes me feel um, more in control and more able to tackle what I want to do. So even makeup is part of that. Like um, I started learning more things, you know, watching YouTube, um, teaching myself how to do things like I can do my eyeliner really quickly now because nice. I practice so much um, but you know that was all stuff that I had to teach myself because my mother is not as focused on um, these kinds of things as, as I felt like it was actually very important to me um, and then eventually I think I had a couple of friends tell me that like I, I was starting to get more compliments um, yeah. when I when I turned up to uni and to events people were like you look more put together you look yeah. like you know, oh, nice outfit, you know, people yeah. tell me that. Um, and then I started getting people saying, oh, you should post these on Instagram. And I said, oh, I could think about it. Um, and I 
started thinking, well, maybe maybe it is a good idea, um, especially because I actually started my Instagram in late 2021, I think. Mm, um, and it was actually because I was going through a really rough mental patch. Um, medicine was a lot more difficult to handle than I was expecting. I knew it would be hard, but I don't think I was prepared. Um, and I had a really rough time trying to balance study, feeling adequate in that I was actually doing well as a student. Um, and uh, a couple of other life events happened around that time. And I think more and more that thought of, hey, maybe I should start posting my outfits um, became a bigger thought in my head of like, oh, that's something I could do with my time. Like, it's a goal I can achieve. Um, and, you know, and an interesting thing was like, I think a, a big turning point for me, especially because like to make content for, for my Instagram, like I'd have to take pictures of myself. Yeah. You know? It's either like I take a self-timed picture or like I get a friend to, you know, like yeah. do the whole um, shebang where, you know, they're posing me and whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It takes a little bit of self-confidence in public areas to be able to do that. Um, and uh, what happened was like I was I was in a public space and I was crying, um, crying quite intensely, let's say. Um, and people were walking by, and there were a lot of people who just didn't do anything. Um, and you know, eventually someone stopped to talk to me, but I think. Realizing that I could sit there for 15, 20 minutes crying, no yeah. one's going to do anything about it, then they wouldn't care if I was posing. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that, that was a huge thing to me. I was just like, okay, if they don't care about that, then they, they obviously won't care about it if yeah. I'm, you know, just trying to take a few pictures. Um, and after that, I just, I was very comfortable with sort of just propping my phone up and, um, you know, just posing. Like, it feels a little silly. Um, but I was just like, you know, at the end of the day, these strangers might just go, oh, okay, that was a girl taking pictures of herself, whatever, and then move yeah. on with their day. Um, and so I think that also was a huge thing for my self-confidence, was just like, okay, like, I can do what I want, and it won't affect other people, and they won't care. Um, and So much freedom in that. It really is, yeah. So um, that's really helped. And then I enjoy the creative process of, you know, coming up with ideas of, like, where to take photos, what should the photo look like, where is the light coming from and then I sort of moved into TikToks because um, videography is slightly different, you know, you have to think about how movement is incorporated into the things you're creating so, you know, like a typical thing, I, I really like making transitions, it's just really fun because, you know, um, you're sort of like, oh, you know, the, the shots meld together yeah. because of an, a continual action and I really enjoyed seeing that work. Um, and it's just like, you know, that creative process of, okay, if I change angles here and like, oh, do I need to do anything about the light? Like, I'm still a novice with light. Light is terrifying. Um, but it's really fun to learn. Um, and I think it's, it's a really great hobby that I've been able to pour a lot of energy into, um, especially because I, I have a huge creative side to me that, um, you know, I um, am not as able to explore with, with my study. Um, as much as like, you know, there's a lot of cultural things that medicine helps with, like um, we've got the UQMS Med Review, um, shameless plug, I really <laughs> love being part of it. Um, the Med Review is basically like a uh, sort of comedy, musical um, sort of deal, it's cast, directed, um, 
you know, the band, all med students, and we come together and create this like thing that can entertain people. Um, it's usually medicine themed, but it's so fun because you can see how creative everyone in medicine can be. Um, and, you know, it's a great release of creative energy, I think. A lot of us are, um, are creative. Yeah, that's amazing, right? And that sort of breaks the stereotype, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, not all med students are <laughs> nerdy and in yeah, their well, books. Yeah, you can all be nerdy, day. but doesn't mean you're not good at art. <laughs> of course, yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. So everyone wants to know what's your Insta handle, your TikTok handle. <laughs> Plug away. <laughs> okay, so my fashion account is Liz Looks Like. Um, just for one word. Um, I actually do have a medicine-focused Instagram. Oh, please! <laughs> which is the underscore Elizabeth underscore effect. Um, nice. I don't post on that one as much because I feel like the things I want to post on there are a little bit more self-reflective um, and a lot more lengthy. So... Um, Third account? <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> underscore thoughts? <laughs> Um, but yeah, like a lot of the stuff I post on the Elizabeth effect is just like, oh, you know, this is a workshop that I did recently and like I, um, I think one of the workshops I posted was the, um, the blood taking one where I failed 10 times. So there are 10 empty blood tubes, <laughs> um, and two that I did manage to fill and, you know, it's sort of that recognition of like, I'm not going to be perfect first go. Um, and you know, that post was like a big reflection on that. Like, um, yeah. like this is obvious, right? You can't be perfect at everything when you first try, but it's like, it was such a huge thing for my head to get around um, yeah. that I'm really happy that I got to that point. Um, and yeah, I just, I wanted the Elizabeth Effect to be more of a medicine-focused blog thing. Whereas Liz looks like is more for fun. It's just like, this is what I look like today. Like that's, yeah. that's <laughs> the, um, the handle comes from and it's like more transitions and like just more fun vloggy things that aren't so medicine focused. Um, I'm still not sure whether I should have split those two apart, but um, I think because the content that I wanted to make is different, then it's fine. It's just, I've, I've had people go like, how are you handling multiple yeah. accounts at the same time? The answer is I don't post on the second one as much. So yeah. <laughs> um, it is hard. Yeah. But everyone wants to know, when are you starting YouTube? <laughs> you seem like you have the personality for it. You know, you have a lot of self like reflection. A lot of people could benefit from it. Yeah. You know, you do medicine, but you do like 10 different things. Yeah. Well, I do have a YouTube account. Oh, hello. Plug. But I haven't posted anything except for a review of an iPad case because Ooh, everyone has to start somewhere. Um, like video editing was still very new to me when I posted that. That was in 2020, I think I posted. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm a lot better at editing now, but like vlogs and stuff are or like, I, I don't even know what I would post on YouTube. Um, YouTube's more long form, and so it takes a lot more time to edit. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I, I have had thoughts about that, honestly. Yeah, watch yeah. this space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Also, I want to talk a little bit more about fashion. So, tell me what was the before and what was the after. So, how did your mom dress you before? Oh, goodness. So, <laughs> I, um, typical outfit at uni and first year was a t shirt that was ill fitted. Um, <laughs> Is it the too short, too baggy? It's just like, I really, okay, so one thing about t shirts that I prefer are the long sleeves. So, Uniqlo gives me the best t shirts because I love the way that they cut them. So, like the longer sleeves. Um, slightly boxier fit whereas the t-shirts that I got were like made out of kind of poor quality material that was very thin 
um, shorter sleeves than I preferred. Like it just, it didn't feel like it fit me right. Yeah. Um, and I would wear that with knee length cargo shorts. Nice. Wonderful to work <laughs> in a cafe in. Yeah. Not good for looking put together, let's say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hated it. I, it was the only kind of bottoms that I, I owned. Um, skinny jeans as well. I hate skinny jeans. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. Uh, I don't think that they look bad. It's just like I don't like how they feel on my body. Yeah, comfort um, over everything. Yeah, well, I can sacrifice a little bit of comfort for the looks, um, but ultimately, I prefer to be comfortable. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that. That would be basically, and maybe a flannel chucked over that. Like I, yeah. I looked. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't like how it looked. I, I really didn't. Um, but at I, that point in time, you probably didn't care. I didn't, no, not really. Like, I, I think I was aware that um, knee-length shorts weren't the most fashionable thing, um, but it was all I owned. And I think during first year, I realised, like, you know, because I spent most of my time in uniform, um, I hadn't been able to develop a sense of what I liked. Because uh, I, um, you know, spent five days a week at school and yeah. then I would work on the weekends at a yeah. family business with a uniform. Um, and so I never really had the opportunity to pick an outfit for myself. And um, yeah, I think that was probably why I started getting in more into thinking about it later on at uni. Yeah, okay, that's cool. And tell me, what, how would you describe your fashion now? Oh, my fashion, okay. So I think like I'm still trying to figure out what I do like. I think it's a continual process. Um, but key things that I do like are, um, I really love puff sleeves. There's actually a photo of myself at seven years old with a puff oh, sleeve dress. She knew she I knew she I liked those. <laughs> um, so they just like make me feel very princessy and just like. Yeah, are you the more like feminine style or are you the more like tomboy? I think I do both because like today I'm dressed in a fairly. Um, yeah, boyish kind of. Yeah, I've got, I don't, you can't see, but I've got jeans um, with a dragon on it that are slightly wide-legged yeah. um, and I'm wearing combat boots. Yeah. So, you know, I, I typically have like two main ones, which is like puff sleeve, princess, yeah. cottage core, like white, beige, yeah. bows in my hair, yeah. everything. Oh, um, and usually gold I would wear, but then when I want to go for more of a, um, I don't know how to describe, like a not quite intense, maybe intimidating. Yeah. Um, I would typically wear silver jewelry. I have a lot of chains. Um, uh, I could have like a, what are they called? The ear cuffs. I could have an ear cuff. I could have a waist chain, um, more like darker palette sort of thing. And I would also change my makeup. Like I would have stronger eyeliner, darker lipstick. Um, and yeah, those are two main aesthetics I go for. I also like, blazers so um, there's a very typical looking blazer in my wardrobe I don't have much variety in the silhouette of blazer it's very like um, good lapels structured shoulders and it's a lot sort of long line because if it's too if it cuts off too high on my hips and it feels like I look like I'm wearing a corporate blazer and I don't want to look like that I want to look more casual with my blazers um, and I like sort of that um, it's very impractical because as soon as you like try to carry a bag the blazer falls off, but like just hooking the blazer over your shoulders. Yeah. Um, I like how that looks. So, um, you know, I like that taking photos of myself with that and then immediately afterwards putting my blazer on because yeah. you know, it's, not, it's not practical. Um, but yeah, I think that's a 
fairly good summary of my fashion so far. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. And so there are a lot of like, you know, people trying to find their like sort of fashion sense. So where would one start and how did you, any sort of quick tips in terms of people trying to get into makeup, people trying to get into clothes? Because mm, um, it can feel like quite overwhelming, right? Yeah, for sure. I think, I know a lot of people use Pinterest. I'm not actually a Pinterest gal, um, mm. but I think the main thing that I do is I actually pay a lot of attention to people I see on the street. Nice, um, people watching. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I actually, I think I was talking to a friend about this. I, um, if I see someone with an outfit that I like, I usually will tell them, I'm like, hey, I like your outfit. Oh, that's um, so cute. And he was like, well, how do you do that? Like, how do yeah. you approach strangers? I'm like, I don't know. If I want to compliment someone, then I will. Um, yeah. So that's something I do pay attention to um, people on the street like I kind of scan them like I, it just sounds a bit creepy but like yeah. I do like scan them from head to toe um, <laughs> so I can check their accessories I check their footwear I check whether I like like if they've got socks like do I like the socks paired with the footwear do yeah. I like you know the silhouette um, yeah, it's and just pattern recognition though <laughs> yeah that's it yeah it comes full circle um, but I suppose a lot of my inspiration comes from watching a lot of like fashion YouTubers yeah, or anything. fashion analysis. I really loved watching Best Dressed, but she stopped uh, posting on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think she actually had a very, very strong influence on me. I actually watched her a lot during 2020. Um, so she sort of... Filmmaking is awesome. It is brilliant. And I love watching it. Yeah. It's very like comforting, I think. And, like I like to rewatch her videos. Deep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like she sort of demonstrated the process of accessorizing and like layering and um, how you can rewear things in a lot of different ways if you yeah. just sort of try and decide how to like place them differently. Um, so that was really, really good for me to sort of see how other people were being creative. Um, and another big thing is like I like watching commentary YouTube. So there's actually um, a channel called Modern Girls which explores how costumes are used in, in um, visual media, so in TV shows and in movies and in that kind of thing. Um, and sort of watching people describe how and analyzing how outfits and costumes can actually uh, get across the certain ideas about characters that made me sort of put a lot more effort into thinking about like what am I presenting to the world when I dress in a certain way. Um, and you know, it's a little bit more analytical than I think a lot of people get about their actual outfits compared to like a TV show. Um, but I like that process of thinking like, what am I representing um, with that kind of thing? I love commentary um, because it's very good to sort of, you have your own opinion, but then you're listening to other people talk about their opinions and then that can inform yours and help you expand your worldview and understanding of like how art is used. Um, bit of a tangent there but yeah um, yeah I think there's uh, like a lot of things that helped me develop my fashion yeah that's awesome tell me more about putting that like first dress on or like when you sort of you know you know try something new and everyone's like whoa you know like was it was it quite like how, how did it feel to sort of you know um, change out those you know knee cropped shorts and then put something on different that's um, like a real sort of like big turning point I suppose, yeah. Uh, how did it feel? I think... Were you really like nervous? Like, you know, everyone knows me as this, this is what I wear and now I'm going to spice things up. Funnily, no, I don't think I did feel nervous at all. I think oh. because it was a very sort of slow-ish change and then it also, a lot of it happened 
over COVID, so then <laughs> no one saw me for a whole year. So I guess they just forgot what I looked like, and then I came in and I was brilliant reinvented. Yeah. Um, but I think like it was nice to start seeing that people were noticing that I'd made yeah. changes. Um, a lot of them were my closer friends who like I would be updating them. You know, I'd be like at home and be like, "Hey guys, what do you think about this outfit?" Yeah. You know, I think I do also consult my friends a lot. That's um, so cute. Because like sometimes <laughs> I like. I'm unsure about a decision I've made. I'm like, I which, which one fits better? I don't yeah. know. Um, but it, it's like it's very validating, I guess, that oh, you've made a good choice when when some other people tell you that your outfit looks good. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, don't ever seek entire validation from other people. But, yeah, but it's always nice. It's always nice to get that feedback. And obviously, like if I'm already happy with my outfit, you know, that's the biggest thing. Um, but yeah, I don't think there was there was a huge change from from how other people saw me because cool. yeah the gap yeah sounds so awesome it's like you reinvented yourself during COVID <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a period of self-discovery yeah yeah cool and also um COVID was like oh like a really hard time for a lot of people like mental health wise and just mm -hmm. wondering you know you know you study you study a lot and then you also have so many other interests mm -hmm. and burnout perfectionism and sort of like how does one you know how, how do you cope and maybe what are sort of some tips and strategies for people? Mm, I think um, one of the biggest things for me coping wise is actually using art. So um, often my mum noticed, I actually didn't notice it was something I was doing, but close to exam periods, I would be on the piano for an hour <laughs> um, or two hours. Um, and it was just sort of a way to stress relief because stress relief um, because you know, it's it's cathartic, especially if like, I'm playing like a really difficult piece that's, you know, smashed the piano. Sorry, yeah. I hit the mic, sorry. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, you're hitting the piano with like a lot of force and it's just, it's just you know, you're getting so this good. tense energy out of you because, you know, it's, it's stressful studying for exams and sort of looking at all the content. It can be really overwhelming and medicine especially, you know, they hit you with so much stuff that sometimes it's hard to go, where do I start? And then what if I miss something and um, sometimes you know you just have to stop your brain going in that um, it, it can be like a bit of a destructive spiral so then you know I always found it really useful to sort of hey I need to take a break um, I just go downstairs I just play piano for a bit um, and just you know I also felt sometimes guilty that I wasn't spending time studying but you know just respecting that you can't spend your entire day working that's that's impossible you'll, you'll burn out so quickly so it's just like if I need to take a break I'll take the break um, obviously like spending five hours binging a tv show is not great <laughs> so I would never let myself get to that point but things like you know if I was it was during exam period I would be like I can allow myself time on the piano because obviously after about an hour and a half of play my wrists get tired so then, yeah. you know, that's a natural sign of like you should stop now yeah. um, but I think that was that was really really good so having some kind of way to stress relief like especially if you're a creative person is really important um, in terms of balancing time like I think it's very important to also like Google Calendar is my best friend now um, I lived a completely unscheduled life as a child. I don't know how I coped, um, <laughs> but you know, having a calendar sort of showing you where your deadlines are, um, blocking out time. So you know, as I said earlier, like having a dedicated two-hour block to like just study. Don't go on YouTube. Don't call anyone. Don't whatever um, is really good. And then you can block out that time if you're more disciplined to 
like creativity. So you can go, I will spend an hour doing this. And this is for my mental health. This is for, you know, making sure I don't burn out because burning out is very easy when you're studying something that's really intense. Um, and you know, you have poor, like I, I struggle with this still, like poor self-control over like thinking I haven't done enough, you know? Um, so, you know, blocking out your time is really, really useful. And obviously, um, I think people have different uh, ideas about what's useful for them. So like, you know yourself best, but I notice that I find it really useful to study with friends. Um, and there's, you know, there's a funny period where like, if you're too close with a friend, then you just, you just chat, nothing's going to get done. So <laughs> my really close friends, I don't study with because <laughs> I can't, I can't focus around yeah. them. Um, but there's like a good in-between where you have friends where you can sort of, you know, so you can chat a little bit. With Liz, you know, which, you know, which <laughs> but like, you know, you can, but get you, right? you can chat a little bit, but then you'll focus and you'll knuckle down. And like one of the best ways for me to learn things is actually explaining things to other people. So, um, that is also something I do, um, I guess like I like getting a big whiteboard out and sort of drawing out, like, especially if you're learning something like um, pathophysiology, so like the process, the cellular process of how diseases work, and you're like, okay, so if this happens and these cells talk to these cells and whatever, and you actually just yeah. draw that out on a whiteboard. You're a visual person, right? I definitely am. Um, that helps. Um, and I think everyone learns with a combination of things. If you, if you like have a combination of different methods of inputting information, then like, it helps immensely with making sure you retain it because it's like multiple pathways along the same, for the same thing. Um, but yeah, just like blocking out time to study with friends and then blocking out time to study on your own and then, you know, making a checklist. Um, I've started using Notion more. Nice. Um, I think, yeah, it's, a, it's well known. Um, yeah, yeah. So I initially actually used it in medicine to take notes. I found that was not effective um, because as pretty as it looks, very hard to format, wasn't friendly to the way I studied. So, you know, it looked brilliant. Like I, I love the, the pages I made, but they took too much time. Um, and I eventually changed my method to studying medicine to um, basically I just watch the lectures and then I do flashcards. So I don't take any notes. Nice. Um, and I just take, I, I use flashcards that other people have made. I'm a bit lazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like sometimes I'll supplement it with cards that I make if I notice things are missing or I would prefer to have better cards. Like, you know, I didn't, don't like the style of card that I've downloaded. Um, but I have, you know, classmates as well who are kind enough to share their own resources. And that's really, really great. Um, and, you know, flashcards is a lot better for me, I think. But now I use Notion instead to like track deadlines and do a to-do lists. I'm not a huge to-do list person, naturally. Um, my dad is, my brother is, I can't do it for some reason, but I try, I'm trying. Um, it's a new thing this semester. So, you know, trying to get some stuff done. Um, using Notion. Yeah, that's cool. So we're nearly at the end of the podcast. Just a few more quick questions from mm -hmm. D1. So Elizabeth, what do you think the meaning of life is for you? <laughs> um, I wonder if my, my answers changed because I had a friend ask me this like a Ooh. year ago. Um, I think the meaning of life is probably, I think a lot of people want to have made something of their life to have a legacy. Um, I don't know if that's the meaning of life. I think the meaning is more just wanting to live a fulfilled life. Um, I still don't know 
I can't I can't settle yeah. on what that means for me because like I know there's a happiness and like success and like what is yeah. success and um, I think hopefully to me it'd be like having done enough in the world that it helps other people and that you know in a way that, that is a legacy you have had an impact on other people's lives and maybe they'll remember you maybe they won't but you've done something for them yeah the world's a better place because you're in it yeah <laughs> essentially yeah but that makes sense right you want to like live for yourself and be happy but you also want to have contributions so it's sort of like yeah, for you and for others. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And humans are social creatures, so... Yeah, need that validation. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Nice. Also, what I know, so Elizabeth, if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would you do differently about your life? Um, ooh. Uh, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that when you have... When you win the lottery... I watched, like, a podcast about this, how... <laughs> Often your life is ruined when you have yeah. <laughs> the lottery. So I'm like, I'm scared. Yeah, um, just give me the money. <laughs> get a financial advisor. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Learn more about investing. Don't donate some of it. I I don't know. Yeah, it seems like just a lot of pressure for you. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, don't win the lottery. Mm, thanks. <laughs> cool. And so, what's your ideal day in the life? It can be sort of study related or non-study related. I think ideally. I have enough energy for all the activities in my day. Um, sometimes I have really long days. Sometimes I look at what I've done in the day and I'm like, I don't understand how I made it through because it's like an 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. day and I've done something like the entire time. I don't yeah. know how I've done it. Um, ideally, oh, like during term or like holiday, I don't know. You like choose. we can do a term one, we can do a holiday one. Term, term one. If I if I if I'm in in class time ideally I would have done study <laughs> um, that was a very forced answer <laughs> but okay what I would prefer to be doing would be like yeah playing piano working in my singing um, I want to sit in a coffee shop and watch people um, so during time like if it's a relaxed time like it's not assessment time like I'd probably go to a cafe um, and and study there. I only recently started drinking coffee, it's crazy. Um, Ooh, okay, I'm not vegan coffee. So. <laughs> um, but like I like the idea of people watching and yeah. you know studying and then you know maybe you're using study as an excuse to sit in the cafe and actually yeah. just people watching. Um, I love eating pastries so maybe eat a pastry um, and then take some pictures of myself of the sunset of people um and then go home i don't know <laughs> sounds good yeah Karaoke maybe if i have friends around yeah that's awesome so we're pretty much at the end do you mm. want to say bye all right see bye. thank you for having me on <laughs> thank you